One day recently, Ana Flores got on a Zoom call. And as happens with lots of Zoom calls these days, she started to feel pretty bad. Ana Flores is an organizer. My name is Ana Flores, and I work for Make the Road New York. And my position there is immigration organizer, and I work with immigrants all over Long Island. That Zoom call was with members of Make the Road, an immigrant advocacy group in New York. There were 30 or so on the call, immigrants from different parts of Long Island. Make the Road holds these meetings regularly, in person in better times. But now we live with Zoom. At first, the call started out nice, the joy of human connection. It, it was like a great joy to see everyone's faces. To I haven't seen them in some time. Um, but like as, as the meeting evolved, it definitely took a dark turn as our agenda was occupied with like letting them know like what what is going on in terms of like uh, the political landscape and and what help is out there and um, and, and describing all the aid our community was not being counted for. You know, it was, it was hard to see my members' faces like on my Zoom screen as, as they turned from like excited that we're all together to like, oh, like we're all together, but we're, we're kind of like in this uh, dark, I guess, excluded part of, of the American community, you know? Flores is an immigrant herself. She lives in Brentwood and came here from El Salvador when she was young. That exclusion she's talking about has to do with all the difficulties that coronavirus has added on to the immigrant experience for many. If you're undocumented, you have a job, you really don't have like any security in terms of like your employer can let you go at any time for any reason. And then once you're let go, you really do not have any support systems like undocumented folks. Uh, cannot apply for unemployment insurance. The safety net for them is much more porous, practically ripped. It's a lesson that's old and new. It's not unknown that, you know, it's difficult to be an immigrant in this country. Like, we've seen that historically. But, But we're really taking a hit during this time. I'm Mark Chisano, and this is episode 16 of Life Under Coronavirus. Newsday Opinion's oral history of how Long Islanders are helping each other and getting through the pandemic. For immigrants on Long Island, some of the difficulties have been compounded, as if the coronavirus is zeroing right in on them. Immigrant advocates and elected officials have described a toxic brew of difficult living conditions and concern about government and healthcare systems, thanks to immigration and insurance status. Those are some of the issues behind spikes in cases among immigrant neighborhoods. Flores highlighted some of these preconditions. Some immigrants, for example, live in crowded housing, extended families and others in the same household, which can be risky given the extremely contagious disease. Let's say that like you have um, like that household of like 20 people filled with your extended family members. At least one person is out there working and possibly being exposed to the virus. And then that person comes back into your household and, and they, they touch everything because it is their home. And then you have like the spread of the virus within the home and that could rapidly happen and affect everyone. This is happening in real time, Flores says. I've had a couple of families who um, most of them are uh, in quarantine, but 
uh, the main breadwinner is still working and they may be working in a warehouse or a factory that may not be conducive to like the six feet regulation or they might not provide like adequate time to go wash your hands and they get infected and they come back home. And then that's why we have entire, entire, entire families uh, that are um, COVID positive. Then there are the types of jobs that many immigrants have access to, not ones where you can work from home and self-quarantine. Warehouse, stocking in in grocery stores, uh, factory workers, um, bus aides, some of them, volunteers that, like, libraries or community centers, uh, but we see mostly like construction as well, day laborers, um, landscaping. Um, so all jobs that are sort of affected by COVID-19, right? Right. The whole list. Take the day laborers. Flora said their livelihoods have been particularly affected by coronavirus. I spoke to a couple of day laborers that work out east. And and most of them, they're telling us, like, hey, Anna, like, there is absolutely no work at all whatsoever. Like, I'm, I'm living off my savings. Like, people are afraid for me to go into their home to, like, fix something because they're afraid of, like, myself bringing in the virus. Um, there there are no people, like, stopping by and, and asking, like, for, for my services. Um, and it, it's, there is absolutely like no demand for them at the moment. Usually day laborers have places they gather, like in Brentwood. On Wicks Road, like in, in front of La Placita is usually one that's big. What do those look like now? You know, are they are there still people waiting there trying to get work or has that kind of dried up? No, it's completely dried up. So it's empty, like people aren't even waiting there. They're not even trying anymore. They're not, they're, they're not trying anymore. So Flores says Make the Road is stepping in to help these members. The group has thousands of them on Long Island. And the way that we've been trying to uh, support them is we have an emergency food program where we were able to provide a couple hundred gift cards to uh, people in the community um, who are those specifically who are like falling through the cracks, like undocumented folks who um, can't get any type of like safety net program. Um, but we, we're seeing that a lot of folks are, are self consigning. They are, are taking measures in terms of like um, making sure that like your food lasts. The gift cards are visas and can be spent like cash. And Flores said tens of thousands of dollars worth have been distributed in New York already. That's part of an alternate safety net that some immigrants are being driven to including food banks and public schools that are giving out meals for those who need. The counties are adding testing sites to try to combat the comparatively high rates in communities of color. Flores said her members are enduring. They're kind of like on autopilot, you know? And it's leading some to think about what they left behind. I've heard from some of the folks that, you know, they, they wish they can just, like, leave to their country. Like, kind of this moment has really amplified the reality and the emotion that they feel every day, but like now they feel more than ever that they they're really excluded um, from any types of like service, and and they they feel very isolated. And kind of like, yeah, if I can go back to my country right now, I would. 
Thanks for listening to Life Under Coronavirus. If you know of someone we should be covering, or if you want to share your own experience about coronavirus in New York, leave us a voicemail with your name and phone number at 631-213-1543. That's 631-213-1543. We may use your message as the basis for a future episode. Once again, I'm Mark Chisana from Newsday Opinion. Amanda Facina is our producer. Stay healthy. See you next time.